ready. Aim. Bullseye. This is Bullseye. Over the next hour, you'll hear from head football coach Alex Golish. We'll chat with a Bulls player and we'll step outside of football for an interview with a member of another South Florida sports team. Now, your Bullseye hosts, Kaylee Cottrell, VJ Daniels, and Derek Sharp. And welcome to another episode of Bullseye. Derek Sharp alongside of Kaylee Cottrell. We have decided to move on from BJ. No, just kidding. BJ is under the weather this week, and he is going to be back with us hopefully next week. No, no we're missing our style guru. That's very true. <laughs> Although, as you'll notice, I had to change shirts because I said I was going to keep wearing green until That's right. there was a loss. And we'll briefly touch on the loss. And yes, we will talk about it with Alex Golish in just a little bit on the show. So going with the black look, I guess you uh, I like got the it. memo. Yeah, we kind of coordinated a little bit. One other thing like that we, is behind the scenes right before we came on the air. So we know some stuff. They were doing the, speaking of color, uniform combinations. They were doing the photo shoot for the uniform reveal. Yeah. I'm not going to say what it is, but just randomly, what's your favorite uniform combination? Randomly. <laughs> Mine is green and gold. You know what? I, I love a good classic look like that, too. I do love a white. I love the crisp white. That, that is a fave of mine, but can't go wrong with the green and gold. What are you, are you a fan, and you can be honest if you're not, of same color? Green on green, white on white, or whatever it is. If there's a purple team, the East Carolina Like jersey Pirates, pants? Purple on purple, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind it. If the yeah. helmet gives it a little pop, something different. It's all about a little pop. Yeah. Can I say something? Did yeah. you change your hair color? <laughs> it looks great. I'm really surprised you noticed. Actually, okay. I actually am because I... Would have been I, a terrible question if, if it was wrong. <laughs> it, I, so I did it myself, and I thought Whoa. it was really subtle I didn't do much like it's my mom's stuff and during COVID I was having fun with it because you know couldn't go to the, the you know salon or whatever so um, I haven't gotten a haircut in years like my mom just trims my ends and I cut I cut my hair last week um, but this week wow okay <laughs> before you continue my wife owns a salon shout out to Sage okay maybe she'll be my go-to Orlando Lakes so I can appreciate obviously the hair you guys so, anyway oh, you're looking great too. you're killing it I can appreciate doing your own hair <laughs> yeah. and there are other alternatives but continue yeah I just had some dead ends so my mom got the back for me and I kind of got around my face and then this week I was like I need a little pop, a little a little <laughs> spunk, and I hadn't done it since COVID because, you know, we couldn't go out, so I was having fun during that time, just adding a couple little front highlights, nice. so I said, okay, maybe maybe I'll bring those back, and really, I didn't do much at all. It's kind of just in the front, um, and I thought it was pretty subtle, so I'm surprised you noticed. Well, it's my job to notice things. That is true. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert, Alex Golish has a dramatically new hair color as well. He's coming up in just a few minutes. <laughs> Just kidding on that. Uh, what uh, you always do such a great job with Michael Kelly's father last week and taking Thank us you. behind the scenes. What what are pe can people look forward to here shortly on the show? Yeah, this week I talked to Phil Kane, who's our director of football video. And you know, when people hear the word video, it's easy to categorize it in one group. You know, thinking creative video, we're thinking you know highlight reels and this and that. Right. But his world is all about you know game film, practice film cutting that up, you know, making sure our team is as prepped and as prepared as possible to take on our opponents. And his team does amazing work. They are so talented. They are so good at what they do. He has 14 guys at every practice here. 14. <laughs> I was going to ask for an idea. That gives me yeah, an idea. <laughs> they're changing out. I think they have about four to six SD cards per camera that they change out during the practice about four, at least four times, I think he said. And they do the same at away games every quarter they do a card run and he edits the whole game and and it's it's pretty crazy the the setup process and the and the post game process really is I mean and you'll see they they just have 
laptops lined up uh, along the locker room so that way when coaches are finished showering, finished talking, they grab their dinner, they grab their laptop and they're <laughs> watching film by the time they, they get on the bus and, and even at home by I'm the time practice. I'm starting to sweat just <laughs> thinking about this because <laughs> right? I cut up audio and when I have cut yeah. up the game highlights on the radio yeah, calls, that's, yeah. that takes a few hours. I mean, <laughs> Phil was saying it's madness, but it's controlled madness because they're, <laughs> they're really good at what they do and even practice. By the time the coaches walk back up, 80% of it, I think 75-80% of it is ready immediately and then with Within 20 minutes, they have the whole practice ready to go for them. Well, so I'll be sure to ask Coach Golich to give those guys uh, a little bit of a shout out. They're it sounds amazing. Like it's amazing. And then after that, we'll see exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. After that, we will also chat with a guy you might have heard of, Byron Brown, <laughs> quarterback for the Bulls, who plays not like an 18-year-old because he's not anymore. He's 19. <laughs> but uh, we'll talk more about with him about this. But you have a pretty cool relationship with his dad and know a I little do. bit about the family. I do. I adore his family so much. His dad, I met him last year um, at an away game. So his dad's from North Carolina. But he has traveled to every home game, every away game, nice. even last year when Byron wasn't a starter, just to to make him feel like he's an important part of the team. I don't think I'll ever forget when, when he told me that. Um, just to have that support behind Byram, I, I can't imagine, you know, how much of a difference that makes for him. And, you know, at Navy, he had the, the 79 people there because his dad's originally from that area. And um, I know his, his younger brother plays high school football. So between his mom and dad, they're always oh juggling to make sure everyone, every one of their kiddos feels as supported as possible. So that's such a special thing. Looking really forward to speaking to him. Well, also so you're going to love my conversation with Sophia Chepnik of women's lacrosse as well. So no B.J. Daniels today, but plenty. I think Kaylee and I can hold it down. Hold down for it. <laughs> of course, on Bullseye. And we'll have the head coach, Alex Golish. B.J. Daniels sick this week. He'll be back with us next week. He did shoot me a list of questions. The first one was, who is your favorite host and why is he B.J. Daniels? So I'm just going to throw those away <laughs> and ask you a little bit about homecoming. We'll briefly revisit what happened last week. Now, sometimes I'm sure it can eat you when there's maybe one play here, one play there that makes a difference in a loss. Fortunately and unfortunately, there was more than one thing. So uh, we talked last week about having to reset a, a few areas, I guess, fill that des description. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when you're, when you're truly process driven and it wins and losses are evaluated at, at the same clip, I think it's the same, you know, hmm. where, where after a win, we go back, evaluate everything and see where we could have gotten, could have been better could have gotten better and where we got to go no different after a loss so eat at you yes um certainly ate at, at me until sunday um when we had to reset and go get ready for another really good football team so in a lot of ways um in a lot of ways i think there's so much to learn from mm -hmm. starting with the fact that our best players didn't play well and you know that's where i think if anything bothers you it's that um you know i don't i don't know that that there's one pin, pinpointed reason, but I think at the end of it, it all falls on us as coaches and falls on me and um, us going back and evaluating why is that? Mm. You know, is it scheme? Is it we didn't practice the right way? Is it that we didn't put them in the right positions to be successful? And I, I think as you look back at it, it's a multitude of different things, but certainly it looked the way it was is that our guys didn't make the plays they needed to and it ultimately falls back on coaching. And you mentioned some players didn't play their best. I'm gathering, based on the culture of this team, that you have the type of leaders that can acknowledge that. What was the players' reaction like? Yeah, I think when when an off day Sunday, when they don't have to be in here, hmm. um, a majority of the team is here. Wow. And watching it, 
resetting. You know, I think by the time we got into our team meeting on Monday morning, um, it was like, all right, coach, give it to us. We understand, we know, and tell us how we move on. And so they're, they're a really cool group of, of young men that are, one, self-aware, two, have a high standard for themselves. And so they came out today uh, ready to roll and juiced up, and I was really encouraged by the response. I think so much when you're building um, – when you're building, like truly building a foundation for a program, it's the response is almost more important than what actually happened and how they respond and how they react, whether it, it's, man, pouty and, and woe is me, or if it's coach, what's next? Where do we go? How do we go to work? And I think what's cool about football is there's a next week. Yep. And so you, you turn the page and you keep it moving. And, and at the end of it, you'll evaluate where you are. Sunday is an off day, quote unquote, in this case. I got to ask you, do you give yourself an off couple of hours where you can shut football off? Or is that kind of difficult during the season? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, for a couple hours on Thursday evening, um, I do. Um, and luckily, I've got, this is two years now, I've watched a lot of middle school football and middle school cheerleading. Uh, but that is one thing. Thursday, after, our coaches get out of here in the evening. And, and for two years now, I've gotten to watch um, sixth grade cheerleading and now seventh grade cheerleading. But you know what? That's like, that's the coolest two and a half hours of the week for me. Wow. Um, and, um, and then Thursday night, get back and eat dinner and then, and then start final prep for the game. But there's a couple hours in there where, where I'm more worried about my crew and my family and, and being there than probably anything else, but it's always in the back of your head. And, um, and, we'll figure that part of it out in February when we get a little bit of time. So I can follow, file away the questions of what TV shows you're watching these days because there, there's none. There are no <laughs> no TV shows, but we do, like there's a running list. Okay. And in the offseason, uh, we'll, we'll get caught up on, on usually hard knocks, and if there's something new out on Netflix, we'll catch up on it. We're actually re-binging Succession. That's the show for me right now, but uh, mostly football, like uh, alongside of you. Talk about a couple groups uh, that don't often get mentioned. One on the field group, God bless your offensive line, because when I saw Kilfoyle go down the other day, you could just tell in his face, like he hated the fact that he knew that he probably wasn't going to be able to return to the field. They have been grinding it out. Yeah, you know, that that's a group I'm, I'm really proud of, um, and I love being around that crew. You know, we got here. There wasn't a whole lot of bodies in the in the program that you you knew were ready to go. You know, we've we've pieced it together and give give Hoodie a lot of credit. Um, he's done an incredible job of coming in as a young coach, and and I've been with him now for three years. But he's done an incredible job of one rebuilding that room, bringing in guys that that are ready to go help us win. Uh, but two, building a culture in that room that is unlike, I think, any other in sport. Like, you think about what you ask those guys to do, and in our offense, you ask them to do it really fast right. and you ask them to do it really violently. Um, it's really, really a tough, tough world to live in, and and they've had injuries throughout the year, and the next guy's just kind of stepped up. Kilfoyle is a really good example of that. Like, like that is a guy that's got, got his hand taped together, um, got his hip taped together, got his back taped together, and never says a word wow. um, and you know we we've kind of found um, light in the deficiencies that guys have but they have found a way and you know Mike Lofton's done an incredible job 
leading that group uh, because he's he's played through a lot and and certainly one of the tougher dudes on this football team. But they've taken a lot of pride in in everything starting with them. Um, they certainly understand that that the offense goes through them. Yeah. They've taken a lot of pride in being physical and running the football. And uh, the negative things that happen, they've taken taken ownership in. So I've been really proud of that group. Uh, they're not perfect. I don't know if we have a group that is. But gosh darn it, they, they grind about as hard as anybody. And that's a really thankless position. And, and that's why sometimes you see some some long runs or long throws into the end zone. And you just watch those guys and you watch watch them trail it from behind and you see some airplane hands sometimes but like their joy comes out of seeing other guys be successful it's really kind of a uh completely anti-societal position and uh it's it's really really cool to see those guys come together i give hoodie a lot of credit for what he's done with that group and give those guys a lot of credit for the way they've led Probably the only time you'll ever hear Mike Lofton be referred to as part of an anti-societal situation. That's it. Now, this is going to be about, uh, I'm guessing, a group that people don't see. And forgive, indulge the I'm not a football coach question. But in preparing for a game, uh, obviously you start to watch film or tape on FAU as quickly as you can. But other people have to be responsible for preparing it for you. You can't watch every second. So give people an idea of what goes into that. Preparing the game tape to where you guys get what you need to see and then go from there. Yeah, that process really changed over the years. You know, my first job, um, I was actually in charge of the video at Northern Illinois in 2006, and I was, I was a graduate assistant, and then I was also the video coordinator. So I actually have a unique appreciation for yes. it. And I don't know if you've done anything in this profession if you haven't driven through the middle of the night to meet somebody halfway to get VHS tapes. Uh, but that's how it used to be. Now it's digital. These guys are soft and easy. They just sit at a desk. But, um, but obviously, Phil Kane and his staff, um, every every Saturday night are downloading all the future opponents film, um, cutting it up, entering the data for, and that's gotten easier too, because now there's uh, there's software available that, that gives you all the down and distance data and even like pro football focus and some of these groups that provide m way more in depth analytical data that's put it, dropped into the film. And then our graduate assistants and, and analysts are, are working through it and, and creating cut-ups in terms of how you would ever watch it. And that's all three sides of the ball. And then so when you get in on Sunday, okay. um, there's everything cut up from formationally to situationally to zones on the field to after a penalty to after after a look-look play. Like, you can really get it a million different ways. And, and our process on both sides of the ball, T.O. has done this for a really long time. I've done this for a long time. Joel's done this for a long time. You know your process is consistent every week in terms of I'm this to this to this to this. So you try to have the young coaches have that prepped as fast as you can so that on Sunday by the time, usually right around noon, you're ready to sit down and you're moving on. And we're a morning practice team, so that Tuesday morning gets there really, really sure quickly. Does. That is fascinating. And uh, one question, can you do you have anybody on your staff that can make a four-hour and 25-minute game seem like a lot less than that. Uh, also, <laughs> correct me or refresh my memory on the uh, clock changes. Were they supposed to speed up the game or slow down the game this year? My yeah, goodness. man, we're just trying to we're just trying to snap it as fast as we can and see what happens. I, I did actually timestamp the opening kickoff. It took four minutes and 40 seconds. But uh, hey, when you're winning, of course, the game just the time of day doesn't matter. Let's speak of game tape. Uh, what do you think of FAU from what you've seen? Yeah, you know, really 
really uh, well coached group. They've got a veteran veteran group. They I think in a lot of ways similar to us. They took some transfers that are making an impact for them, but they've had they had some guys in that program that are impactful. You know, on both sides of the ball, throwing the ball really well. They've got one of the best receivers in the country right now, statistically, and when you watch it. Uh, one can really, really play really good up front. They're running it really effectively. They play with tempo and pace similar to us, okay. and they've been able to move the ball up and down the field, you know, defensively, really veteran defensive line. And, you know, I feel like two weeks in a row here we're playing guys that have real size and, and play really hard and are really aggressive. That's a huge challenge for us. But I think defensively they fly around. They're really, really sound. So I think it's a really good matchup. I think it's a well-coached football team. They've got a veteran staff that's done this for a long time, a head coach that's been through, been, been in this conference, been all over the place in terms of um, what offensive football should look like, what defensive football should look like, and what winning football should look like. So it's a really good challenge. It's a well-coached football team. I know they're going to be hungry in the sense that you're playing an in-state team. A lot of our guys know most of their guys, and most Absolutely. of their guys know our guys. and. Um, you know, they're coming up here with something to prove and they're, they're battling to, to build a winning program as well. So I got a lot of respect for what, what you see on film is usually what a football team is and they, they play their tails off. So really excited for the opportunity. I think it's the next step for us in our building is that we got to go play at home and we get to go play in front of a home crowd on national TV again and, and put a product out there that, that everybody can be proud of. And it's homecoming, and I know you're probably not a big pomp and circumstance guy, but that always adds a little bit more to it. And putting on a good show is what you guys are all about. Best of luck this Saturday, and thanks as always, Coach. Thank you. Go Bulls. Appreciate it. Joining us now on the show, Byron Brown, Derek Sharp here, along with Kaylee Cottrell. And Kaylee, as we mentioned in the open, has a good relationship with Byron and Dad. We'll get to that, don't <laughs> worry. But one thing that Coach Goa said that I loved, and I wanted to get your viewpoint on it, he said that Sundays are a day off and that the players, are obviously, it's their day off. But mm -hmm. he said that a lot of guys showed up. So take us through the, uh, the decision there. It sounds like you guys wanted to get back on the wheel. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh... The, the taste in our mouth definitely wasn't what we wanted, uh, so we're all eager to change that and uh, just want to get our process right and on back back on the right track. And so, I mean, I guess everyone had had the same idea of coming in. Well, let me ask: did, was, it, was it like a text chain, or did people just maybe come in on their own and see everybody else there? Was there a leader that maybe steered in that direction too? Uh, I think it was just a culmination of everybody just wanting to get everything back on the right track. We. We didn't want to lose, and we felt as though we shouldn't have lost if we'd done everything that uh, we were coached to do during the week. But yeah. um, everybody was just eager to get back at get back at it and watch the film and get the corrections. Well, you've been at it a lot this year, and it's been fantastic to see you look so comfortable out there. You don't look like an 18. Oh, that's right, you're 19 now. It just turned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, how how can you attribute that poise? I guess you've been learning really quick. Uh, yes, I mean, my parents instilled that in me at, at a young age. I mean, they said, because I was always the youngest, and so they said, uh, we, we want you to play up so that way you can uh, mature and uh, play against people that are physically more tougher than you at, at, that, at that age. So, How far up uh, are we talking playing up? Uh, One year is a, a lot at a, that a, age. A year, a year or two, uh, depending <laughs> of what sport. Football was only a year. Okay. Basketball was two. But um, just, just playing up and just knowing that I can hang with the guys that are older than me and I mean that's ultimately what college is I mean I'm 19 and 
playing with 22, 23. Yeah, so. so you're used to it. Used to it. The whole he's a redshirt freshman thing, it all, it all kind of makes sense. <laughs> well, talking about birthdays, I know your birthday was the day we traveled to Navy. Yes, ma'am. I see everyone coming out of the team meal room with the ice cream every every <laughs> Friday night. Did you have a little extra? Was there a little something special uh, oh yeah, for I got, your day? I got some ice cream and then I got uh, me and uh, Jalen Stokes. We yeah. both got cake because it's his birthday as well. So okay, I love got it. some cake. It, it was delicious. Right on. <laughs> <So> <laughs> That's the best. You are allowed to eat cake the night before a game because you are an athlete. Yeah, yes, yes, sir. Just not nothing, nothing crazy on the day on the day of. Okay, so you're from obviously uh, basketball country. You mentioned playing basketball, but I heard a little birdie told me that maybe your arm strength was from a different sport. No, it's not baseball. Javelin is that is that accurate? Yeah, uh, I, I threw the turbo javelin uh, all the way up till 11, 12, and then uh, 13, 14 transferred over to the big javelin, which is what they use in the Olympics. So uh, I've been throwing. Uh, my whole life, basically. Wow. When was it with football then that kind of yeah. stuck with you? Uh, football, I mean, I was a quarterback because of the turbo javelin and then wow. uh, just started taking that, taking football more serious once I entered high school because I was, I was actually a shorter kid. So um, <laughs> I didn't, didn't want to play basketball and I heard track. You didn't, you didn't get uh, a, lot, a lot of money. So I <laughs> well, went, yeah. went, went to football. So. I don't know why, but any time there's a track and field meet here, uh, and they have volunteers that help out on the on the track, and I always get asked to be the javelin catcher, and I, it just doesn't <laughs> sound like a good deal. But seriously, do you still, every now and then, just find yourself wanting to go over there and, and dabble? A, another stupid question here, do you actually try and throw for accuracy? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so you try to throw it straight down as far as possible, so that way it gets the ma max distance. Um, I would, I would, I would like to go back and throw the javelin just maybe one time, see if I still got it. Uh, but <laughs> Man. you know, if uh, Eric Jenkins and them at track and field are watching this, they they can use some extra points in that. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but Roman Be Romain Beckford, who was the national champion in high jump, gave them some points in the outdoor meet by throwing the javelin. No, I didn't oh, wow. know that. Yeah. Didn't well, know now that. everybody knows. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, as we talked about in the open, know the know the Brown family pretty well. Yeah. How special is that relationship? You've gotten to see it. I mean, you know, I absolutely adore your dad. Mm -hmm. He's at every game. I was, I was telling Derek, I don't think I'll ever forget mm -hmm. when he told me that when I met him last year, mm -hmm. that, you know, being in North Carolina, he'll travel to every home game, every away game, even last year when you weren't starting, mm -hmm. just to, you know, make you feel important and part of the team and uh, to have that support behind you. I know your brother plays football yes, he too, does. And, and with your mom and dad trying to juggle yeah. supporting both of you, and, and they just, you know, nail it. And mm -hmm. I can't imagine that support being behind your back and how it feels to take the field knowing you have that. Uh, it feels great. I mean, they've, they've done that for me and my brother our whole lives. Uh, mm -hmm. We'd have an, a sporting event at one place and another one at another place. They just split up and mm -hmm. just mom take my brother, dad take me, or my mom takes me, dad takes my brother. So they've been doing that our whole lives. Just make sure that they're there and that they're uh, supporting because their, their presence is everything. Um, and I think that goes a long way. And I think that's a big reason to of why why I'm here today. 
Yeah, and I mean, not even just mom and dad. You had 79 yes. people oh, yeah. at Navy. Let's <laughs> talking about that. And um, yeah. even during the press conference, we, we laughed about this at the time. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if you could hear if you were listening to it. But um, when Coach Golish was speaking. That's who that was? <laughs> you it could was the all of a sudden group hear of a roar in the background. <laughs> and it is all because this guy walked out. Walked he out walked the around room. the corner. Is there <laughs> and everyone exploded. Way. I'm not going to have you list off 79 people, but did you? You know everybody pretty much there. Oh yeah, it, it, was, it was all my family from uh, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, because that's where my dad's from. He's from D.C., so we have DC, uh, people in all of the D.M.V. and uh, had people from North Carolina travel up because that's only four hours. So I had a lot of people, and I, I tried to see all of them, but I know some left beforehand. So it was so funny the the when you know when you were going on for the press conference mm -hmm. and then I, I stole him for a bit to go down to the field for a quick post game and the second roar was his family once again once we yeah. finished up <laughs> it's well, amazing they, i love it it's instilled in you you can tell because mm -hmm. i saw him at the mm -hmm. i call women's basketball for the radio side i saw him mm -hmm. at the game at nc state last year yep. you were there uh, so that was a uh, pretty awesome let's speak a little bit about this group that you have to work with this year your receiving core and your tight ends the whole mm -hmm. offense i mean you guys we've seen you in rhythm when it's working, and it's been working pretty well. How would you rate how it is and kind of how, how you enjoy working with the guys? Uh, I would rate it a 8 out of 10, I mean, because there's always room for improvement. Sure. But uh, it's been it's been great uh, going to work every day with these guys and uh, just trying to execute the little details, get everything rolling here and there. Um, so we're, we're, we're eager to get into this week and go into FAU and uh, just show what we can do. Nice. You know, when everyone talks about you know, you being so cool, calm, collected in the pocket. How do you do it? I mean, I wasn't always cool, calm, and collected in the pocket. I used to run around, especially in high school, because I knew I could uh, get out of the pocket and make a play with my feet. Um, but in, in college, you got to really sit in the pocket and deliver the ball. And I'm, I'm still working to be better at that area. Um, but. I feel like I've come a long way and I'm only going to continue to get better because doing pretty well. Too. Yeah, <laughs> what do you contribute that growth to? Because I know your relationship with this coaching staff is so strong. Mm -hmm. I, con I uh, contribute it to uh, Coach Gordon, Coach Golish, and even GB. He, he is mm -hmm. one of my mentors and big brothers in my opinion. Uh, he, he always coaches me and tells me what I need to fix and what I need to do. Um, so treat him as a as another coach. Um, but ultimately, just them believing me, telling me that I can do it, and then I just go out there and do it in practice, and, uh, and it shows up in the games. That's great to hear. I mean, people might not realize mm -hmm. that. Gary Bohannon, you, you, we think you're the starting quarterback. Maybe there's some sort of tension now. It sounds like he's, you guys are like this. Oh, yeah, as my big brother. Mm -hmm. That's awesome to hear. Hey, real quick, you mentioned uh, you know growing up in that Raleigh area and uh, – Correct me on this, I heard for was it Roseville High School? Roseville High School, yes, uh, sir. Guys made it all the way to the state finals. Was there a game that you got hurt and you had to be like very oh, carried yeah. to the finish line? <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell uh, me, it's okay to brag on your glory days. Uh, so it was the the game right before the state championship. Uh, first quarter has scored, then next, next drive out, run out of bounds, and I stepped wrong and uh, had a non-displaced gro non growth plate fracture in my hip. Whoa. Uh, so I couldn't run, couldn't put any much pressure on it. Was out one drive and just continued to fight throughout the game. I'm sorry, you were out one drive? Yeah, only out not, one drive. Not the game? Not My the game. Goodness. Not the game. Uh, just keep fighting for the people that was there. and I mean, they, they, they were They were counting on me and I was counting on them. And we just 
fought to the end. So that skinned elbow thing you got going on right there, that's nothing. And when did you uh, get that, by the way? Week one. Week one? Yeah, week one, Western Kentucky. So, My yeah, goodness. So playing on turf the last couple of weeks didn't help that yeah, situation. It didn't help at all. I'll <laughs> you, open back up. So you're glad to be back on grass this week. I, I know it's it's a game and that's a foremost thing, but uh, does homecoming add a little bit uh, extra to, for you guys? Oh, yeah, of course, because uh, we'll have alumni there and uh, hopefully they'll they'll bring their juice and we'll feed off of that. And uh, all the fans that are coming, please please come and show your support. Uh, we, we really need it. Um, have that place rocking. Uh, mm. So... You know, it'll be it'll be a lively experience, and I can't wait to be a part of it. Awesome. Now, mm -hmm. one final question that I'm not going to ask, <laughs> one that Kaylee's been keeping in her back pocket. I have to ask because okay, <laughs> the very first conversation that we had mm -hmm. last year, I don't think I'll ever forget it. We bonded over the fact, and I don't even know how we got onto the topic. I think we were talking about your major, health mm -hmm. sciences. Health sciences. That you wanted yeah. to be an orthodontist. Yeah. So we started talking about and bonding over the fact that we share like a seven-step nighttime mouth care routine. Exactly, right? yeah. <laughs> like two different toothpaste, two different, two different toothbrushes, yep. two different um, floss, yep. floss, a pick, yep, a mouthwash. That's like six steps too many. <laughs> continue. And by the way, close up on his teeth if you guys can do it. I mean, yeah, you, you can. They are, they are. Best, best smile out there, right? And it's always on your face, too. And oh, you're yeah, always, always lifting everybody up. And it's amazing, but I have to know, during the season, you know, limited amount of time, do you still keep up with that routine? Oh, every day. Yeah. Every day, I have to. I have to. I love it, I love it. I'll, I'll wake up way. earlier just so I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it pays off, look at that smile. Yeah. That is awesome. Do you want to give a shout out to the toothpaste, or is it, it can't be just some random toothpaste, obviously. Oh, it, yeah, it's, it's Optic White, and then Colgate, and then Pro Nammel at night. So I, I actually have three, I use two in the morning, and then a different one at night. Okay, I'm, I'm a crest girl. Business. Yeah, I do the Crest 3D Brilliance uh, one. My wife yeah. likes AIM, which that's a different, I know it's not, it's not up to your standards. <laughs> but that is great. I'm going to write that down and maybe try at least three of the steps. But hey, <laughs> keep doing it. all the steps you're doing. We're really mm -hmm. enjoying it. Best of luck this weekend. Bye. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Coming up next, we're going to chat with a member of the women's lacrosse team. They're a ways away from being on the field officially, but they share this space and they're great stories. You're listening to Bullseye on Bulls Unlimited. Ready to take on program history, create a legacy. I feel so privileged to have been hired by Michael Kelly. We're gonna have championship programs here. It's a championship athletics department. You're listening to Bullseye on Bulls Unlimited. Lacrosse with Sophia Kepnick, a big time member of the team. And I'm sitting here talking about the team like you guys are about to play. The season doesn't officially begin until spring of 2025, but Sophia, you guys have been doing a lot of stuff. Yes. Sort of take us from when you got on campus mm -hmm. to where we are now with the lacrosse team. So when we got on campus, we had a meeting with everyone, our parents, friends, you know, the team. And we kind of went over our expectations for the team, our goals as a whole, and kind of how we're going to build the foundation to compete right from the get-go. So mm. we've been on campus, I think, now for around two and a half months. And, you know, we'd gone into our eight-hour weeks. That was, that was good. That was like getting the first years adjusted to, you know, kind of the swing of college play. Sure. And then we got into 20 hours two weeks ago, and we've just been playing. We've been playing outside, you know, longer days, more workouts, more lifts. But <laughs> everyone's enjoying it, and it's, it makes it a lot easier when, you know, one, you love the people who you're playing for, and two, the people you're playing around. 
So it's been a lot of fun. We'll get into all of those aspects. Mm -hmm. Your transfer from Clemson, which in itself we're definitely going to get to. You mentioned 20-hour weeks, so mm -hmm. we're talking about practice and lifting. I know you, yes. your workouts are pretty notorious, <laughs> so kind of what goes into a typical 20-hour week? So team-wise, what goes into our 20-hour weeks is we have film. We usually start our days off with film uh, in the Hall of Fame room. And then we go out to practice. We practice for about two, two and a half hours. And we kind of get into the things that one, we need to work on as a team, and two, how we're going to play. We're a running gun style team. So, you yes. know, we just, we want to go and want to play fast. So, you know, one, getting adjusted to that, getting our cardio level up to that to be able to compete throughout the entire game as a fast play. And then lastly, after we have um, our practice, we usually get into running. It just depends on wow. what days we do running because you don't want to run too close to scrimmages. And then we get into lifts. So we have about an hour lift. And I feel like <laughs> I have gotten so much stronger personally, which wow. is a great thing. Um, I love our strength coach, Ryan. And, you know, he just helps us all. Like, we've all been pushing each other. I have a great lifting partner, Lucy Hankins, who lifts a lot. So I'm trying nice. to keep up with her. But it's, it's a great way to... Um, to get going and then we get into recovery to keep our bodies healthy but it's incredible and you mm -hmm. mentioned the run and gun style mm -hmm. and uh, people don't know ju is always one of the top scoring teams in the yes. country i saw you guys scored a lot at clemson last year mm -hmm. but to me you've you've got to be ready to run no matter what so what makes it that yeah. next level with you guys and can you feel it because yeah. you're experiencing it for the first time well one we always say the ball moves faster than us so even though we're a running gun style team we definitely want the ball to do more of the work so mm. finding those seams and slipping into them but then also all the girls on the team are athletic and they they're really fast so you know we push each other in conditioning we do our own stuff and then wow. when we get into play we're finally like we're pushing the pace and we're making sure that we're playing calm while still at playing at a fast level which sometimes can be a little complicated and it definitely was something to work at at the beginning of the year but we're getting used to each other now and we're finally you know finding each other's tendencies and we're able to work with each other and that's a big part of our game you know kind of like basketball everyone has their certain style of play right so finding out how everyone plays and then working it to their strengths well listen there's going to be a lot of questions that are going to sound like a guy that doesn't know anything about lacrosse <laughs> maybe because there's a little bit of that going on uh but i want to say when you when you're doing a typical mm -hmm. practice i mean i've, I've watched basketball mm -hmm. practices i watch soccer practice mm -hmm. what do you guys mostly concentrate on is it is it running plays is it just passing what what's the main, main focus so one, we start out with a stick warm-up. we got to get our stick warm. we got to catch the ball. That's the main, main purpose of our game is catching the ball. So, you know, we start out with a stick warm-up, and then we kind of get into – we split up offense and defense. Midfielders split up into one of the groups. And then we kind of work one skeleton offense, so how we want to move the ball with defense. But okay. we actually don't have any defenders. So it's just, you know, kind of getting more so the movements down. And then – Personally, I'm not a defender, so I can't really speak for them, but they run their defenses how they're going to run. Well, let me stop yeah. you right there because, again, <laughs> this is going to be questions that sound so dumb. Yes. So offense and defense are separate parts of the field. You don't yes. play both. No. So you have See, four I, attackers. I, I, I think yeah. I know these things, but I just want to make sure for people that yes. aren't sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have four attackers, three midfielders, and four defenders, and one goalie. So the midfielders can go anywhere on the field, but attackers have to stay on their side of the restraining line and that's there's two lines in the midfield so you can't cross it and then the defenders have to stay on their side so, perfect mm -hmm. perfect so we're going to get back to some more lacrosse 101 yes. at the end of this yes but i want uh, to sort of bring it back mm -hmm. around to where we are and actually physically where we are yes people that watch this show know that we recorded with the football part in the indoor performance facility mm -hmm. you guys have been able to 
take advantage yes. as well. I'm not sure everybody knows that. How cool has that been? Oh, it's been awesome. You know, practicing the IPF, one, having the resources and the facilities that we do and being able to use them. There's a lot of big schools that, you know, football is just their own, whatever they have, like you don't. And so to be able to be treated just as equally as, you know, football and basketball and the bigger name sports, right. it's, it makes us feel really special and it makes, you know, you want to compete harder and you want to work harder. And so one, to be able to practice in the IPF, we practiced there during eight hours. Now we're outside, but during eight hours, it was really nice. Um, the turf's really nice in there. I personally like playing on turf. Okay. And two, you don't get too hot. So when we first came in, it was around 100 degrees outside. Yeah, yeah. So no to thanks. be able to practice in the air conditioning was a game changer. But now we're outside. Now we're kind of experiencing the full-on heat of Florida. <laughs> oh, good luck with that. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, the actual season is a spring sport, though, mm -hmm. right? So yes, it is. So it's a little is. bit more calm, mm -hmm. although at the beginning of spring, yes. it's not so much. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you mentioned your teammates and your lifting mates and everything. Mm -hmm. And again, the first official season is spring of 2025. I know you guys are playing scrimmages in the fall mm -hmm. now, and there'll be a lot before that. But even though it's a ways off, it feels like you guys already feel like an actual team. Take us through that part of it. So I think a big thing, even though we have a year and a half to practice and develop, is a sense of urgency. We mm. want to compete from the beginning. We want to compete and we want to get our name out there to show that we're going to be a power five team in the AAC and in the entire women's lacrosse sport. Nice. So there's a sense of urgency to our practices and our lifts, you know, kind of getting the first years up to speed. We want to build the team from the ground up and it starts with developing each player, even the transfers, we have experience under our belt to one, but we have to get used to the McCords and Britt and everyone else on the team. So, you know, being able to work with everyone each day and kind of having every single practice you're playing for a championship, wow. I think is going to elevate our play and we're going to be ahead once we step on the field in 2025. Sophia, I think I saw you in one of the promotional videos, and they do a great job with these videos. I love the reaction to the locker room, first of all. That was fantastic. But I think it might have been you who said something like, let's start to build for a championship now. So were you the first person to throw out that word? Maybe the McCords, the coaching staff? It doesn't sound like a word you throw out lightly. Yes, you do not throw out a word lightly. But, I mean, we're surrounded by championships, one, so that's the standard here. But when I came on my visit, I've known the McCords for a long time, and I think we'll get into that. But... Mm -hmm. You know, they had this plan to compete from the beginning, and that's what stuck out to me. I was like, wow, like, they have an entire laid out plan of how we're gonna build a culture, how we're gonna compete, and I thought that was really special. And, you know, you, built, you leave a different legacy building being a part of a startup program than you would to go into a team. Sure. And that was really an exciting opportunity for me to be able to come and help leave a legacy and build a legacy and build a team of championships and of, you know, a winning culture but also a culture of relationships and nice. family. And so it was, it was a really easy decision for me, especially once, once I was here and got to see everything, I left in tears because of oh. how welcome the McCords made me feel. So it's tremendous. Now, mm -hmm. for people that don't know, Jacksonville was the startup program that the McCords built into quickly, mm -hmm. a top 25 always going to the NCAA tournament type of yes. situation. You are from Jacksonville. I am. Obviously, uh, you were still in high school when JU was doing its thing. So is this something where you chose to go to Clemson, but maybe you, you kept an eye on the McCords type of thing? Before we get there, though, let me ask you, uh, how, how far back did the relationship go? Because you said you'd known them for a while. So. I've known the McCord since sixth grade. They were actually there the first time I picked up a stick. So nice. I had just quit soccer. I was looking for a new sport to do. 
and my siblings were playing for their high school teams on Sundays at this park and my parents were looking to get me into something and they saw these clinics were being run at the same time so they're like oh perfect we can put her in the clinic and I'll have to worry about her <laughs> so the McCords were actually at the clinic and they had these little post-it cards that would say like girls always win or play like a girl and I actually kept those post-it cards in my um, dresser and so it's kind of like a full circle moment to be wow. able to one come back and play for them but two they were there the first time I picked up a stick and they'll be there for the rest of my career now. So. Okay, so that was in sixth grade, you said. Yes. Were you really good right from the start? I'm gonna say probably not. <laughs> I was not, so I was a soccer girl, but my sister was so naturally talented at the sport. She could catch, she could throw, and it came so easy to her. But for me personally, I couldn't catch or throw for the first two years, and I would get so frustrated. Uh -huh. But my sister would make these you know, teasing remarks like, oh, you can't catch. And so my competitive spirit, I wanted to prove her wrong. So once I learned how to throw and catch, I was finally like, I actually love this sport, so I, I continue to pursue it. Okay, so throwing and catching, uh, again, something that sounds like football mm -hmm. or baseball, obviously. <laughs> uh, how difficult is, is it? It took you two years mm -hmm. to get it. What, what's the secret? For people that want to get there a little bit quicker, can you tell us yeah. a secret? <laughs> no? You gotta... Well, for me, some people are really naturally talented at it. I think just following the ball, good hand-eye coordination, so... You know, I did not have that, so I definitely had to learn. But I think good hand-eye coordination and being able to just locate the ball and watch it into your stick. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. You're People gonna... say you're one with your stick, so that's definitely a very true statement. If you, if something's off about your stick, you're off, and you know it. So, so you're going to be the one that teaches me, and yes. it might take me two years. Yeah. Uh, now, now. People we'll check might... in then. Thank you. Uh, Clemson. Mm -hmm. Also, a first-year program yes. last year. That's where you went out mm -hmm. of high school. What was that experience like? Because you guys did pretty well. Yeah, so that was, it was, uh, it was a great experience. I have great friends there, and I was glad that I was able to, you know, have my first year there and then be able to come here. Um, they are also a first-year startup program, but the difference is they started the first year, so we, they didn't have the exhibition year. Okay. So they started the year I came in, but actually... In the fall, I was sick, so I was out. So I was really unable to, you know, get into the full 20 hours. So now being able to get into it and experiencing the whole Shazam is, is fun. So. <laughs> okay, so uh, was it 33 goals and 20 assists or roughly thereabouts? You're not supposed to know <laughs> Yeah, I don't know them. Sounds good. Okay, we're going to transition okay. into the uh, sort of the mm -hmm. 101 thing, uh, lacrosse 101. Mm -hmm. First of all is what's a high-scoring game? Because we know that JU put up mm -hmm. some serious numbers. To me... I don't know. I watch hockey. I watch mm -hmm. soccer. I know that soccer, you know, three goals is a lot. Mm -hmm. Hockey, six or seven is a lot. Yeah. What would be that threshold in lacrosse and maybe one that we can look out for, you know, for year mm -hmm. one of the Bulls? So it's definitely a higher scoring game, but it really just depends on the teams that you're playing. I would say it's starting to get to more like the teen numbers, like 15 and 16. Okay. 20 is definitely a high scoring game. Got it. But I would say most games are between 10 and 15. All right. So... A lot but, of scoring. So, and, and again, the Dolphins were the highest scoring team in the country, mm -hmm. and I think it sounds like the Bulls want to do the same thing. Yes, we definitely do. We All definitely right. Want, and we will do the same thing. <laughs> if you aren't the leading scorer, who right now could be? You can um, be more than one name. I think, Put honestly, the pressure on. Looking, looking at all of our, so we've had two, we've had four scrimmages so far, and we've scored around 17 to 20 goals in each of those games. Nice. And the distribution is between everyone. Okay. So I feel like all of us could be leading scorers. It's really just 
who's in the best position to score. You know, none of us are selfish and all of our plays allow anyone to really score and really who's just in the best spot. So, you know, we have Jules, Juliana George. She's a great one. No one can stop her. She's very shifty behind Cage. Don't even we think have, about yeah, trying to stop her. Don't. And then we have Maggie <laughs> Newton. She's she's just sneaks behind people and she's just open in the eight all the time. And then, you know, we have Izzy. She's a great first year. So we have a lot of girls that can score. And then Grace Burke. Kiwa, I'm sorry if I butchered that, but <laughs> but she's a sniper. So we definitely have anyone on attack is a threat. So it's really awesome. Okay, unplanned question. Mm -hmm. What does open in the eight mean? Okay, so open in the eight. So we have on the attacking end and on the defensive end when you get down there, you have the goal. And then what surrounds the goal is the crease. So that's where the goalie is. Got it. So no one can go in there besides the defenders. So attackers can't go in there because they are behind the goalie space. And then we have the eight meters. So that's eight meters away from the crease. And so that's kind of where you want to sneak into and where you want to score from. And then outside of the eight meter, we have the 12 meter. Okay. So that's like the critical scoring area. So if a foul happens in the eight, then you go onto a hash mark on the eight and you, it's kind of like a free po, a free position in um, basketball. Okay. Or free throw. Free throw as well. Uh, the, the free position. Hey, is that's lacrosse. okay. I get it. So free position. And then if you get fouled on the 12, then you go on the 12 and then you're able to start play. Again. Okay, I, I, unfortunately I did not know that the metric system was involved, but at least you're preparing me for yes. that. All right, the stick, mm -hmm. which is the thing that you carry around, is it heavy? It depends on the stick. Everyone thinks mine's heavy, but I don't think it's particularly heavy. It's probably, it's less than like a pound, I would okay, say, or that, two pounds, that's, that's, maybe. That's, I don't know. That's not really heavy. It's not heavy. Okay, so that's not The ball is heavier. That was going to be the next yes. question. I know you have protective gear, mm -hmm. but if you get hit with the ball, does it sting? <laughs> yes. I mean, where, where, where was the best place to get hit? I mean, in the cage, uh, there's probably no good place. There really isn't a good place. I mean, for goalies, they get hit in the helmet, and that can definitely send a little shocker. I think, too, it also <laughs> depends on how hard you shoot. So it, if someone's in front of me while I shoot, then just pray that it doesn't <laughs> hit you. I love that answer. <laughs> so. Okay, now, the abbreviation for lacrosse, L-A-X. Lax. Do you, do you mm -hmm. guys, exactly, lax. Thank you. Thank you. Although I knew that part, but just putting it visually for people, LAX are the letters. Do you guys actually go around saying lax? Or is it just a cute abbreviation for the sport? I would say we say lax, like, okay. but it's more so typing wise. You know, you yes. type lax, of course. but you don't really say, I mean, you could say, you could say lax, but it's more lacrosse. I would. But the, mo the real reason I'm asking it mm -hmm. is if I say it, do I sound like someone who's trying to sound cool <laughs> saying lax? Maybe stick with lacrosse. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do then. Hey, we could talk on and on. Of yes. course, we, we mm -hmm. probably will have the opportunities. You are going to, I'm assume, get into broadcasting as your major. Yes, that is my major, actually. Well, there we have so. it. We're also a darn good uh, interviewer and lacrosse Thank player. You. Can't wait to actually see you Thank in you action so much. and your teammate, Sophia. Yes, we're really excited. Go Bulls. Always appreciate you guys sticking around for the whole hour of Bullseye. And it was a pretty informative hour, not just with our interviews. Love what Coach Golish had to say. Love Byron Brown and all the football stuff, of course. All I'm thinking about right now is his teeth, but he's, he's <laughs> much better than, than just being good with his oral I hygiene. I love it. Yep. Uh, but, Cool on Tampa General Hospital, which yeah. is the presenting sponsor of the entire season, but also this homecoming week. That was a super special feature for me to make, and it was super special for me to be there with them. And, you know, the smiles that 
they got to put on the patients' faces, but also the smiles that the patients put on our guys' faces. It, it warmed my heart for sure. It's funny how that works. And then mm -hmm. just a note on mm -hmm. Sophia. We, we, we talked so much about women's lacrosse and the Bulls. She's she's going to be, I think, the face of the team. If not her, then she gave you some other names. But she is tremendous. She also has a lifetime NIL deal and has around 200,000 followers on TikTok and Instagram. So wow. uh, she's an outstanding player, but uh, a very cool individual, as you could tell. So, uh, cool to get ready for the game this week against FAU. Yeah. Uh, are you looking forward to not just the football game on homecoming, but some other activities around? Right, yeah, campus is popping this week. You know, kickoff was, was Monday, homecoming kickoff, and they did a little lip sync kind of karaoke battle for the students and I'm doing a feature next week that you'll see all the homecoming events leading up to the game on Saturday. I know even down at the St. Pete campus they have a little boat race, a little nice. cardboard boat race that they do for the students and concerts and parades and, and all the good stuff so I'll capture it all and can tune in next week and have a good look at it. We really appreciate the additional content you give to the program. You're doing an outstanding job. Thank you. And, I appreciate uh, that. Maybe we're going to make B.J. Daniels put together some stuff for Missing Away. Hey, there we go. Yeah. A little that. project, right? No. <laughs> no, we actually want him to come back. We do. We do. <laughs> and we expect B.J. again to be back with us next week. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And, of course, whatever happens against Florida Atlantic, we will have a recap for you and look forward to the following week's game as well. We love bringing you the program for Kaylee Cottrell. And, yes, for B.J. Daniels, <laughs> I'm Derek Sharp. This has been Bullseye. Horns up.